This week on the Drew Goodman Podcast, Rockies manager Buddy Black on opening day. The mindset of the of the player, you know, that switch from exhibition games to games that count. Buddy previews your Rockies starting rotation and more. Herman is going to pitch the home opener. Kyle Freeland, Jose Urena. Austin Gomer, Ryan Feltner. I mean, those are five starters. Plus, Bud has some thoughts on the new rules. Subscribe to the Drew Goodman Podcast wherever you find podcasts and tell a friend. This is the Drew Goodman Podcast. Welcome in, everybody. It is show number 195, and we tape this on a Wednesday evening from San Diego, from rainy San Diego. Actually, as I look outside right now, it's cleared up a little bit, but it rained all day today. It's supposed to rain a good portion of the day tomorrow. Opening day for all of baseball. All 30 teams will be involved and um, you don't think about rain in Southern California. It never rains in Southern California. Remember that, uh, that song? Well, it's rained a lot in Southern California. It's uh, snowed a lot in Northern California. So hopefully they're able to get it in tomorrow. May have to push it back, from what I understand, a little bit later in the day. The much-anticipated opener for the Padres, who are one of the favorites, not only in the NL West, but maybe to win a pennant in the National League. We'll get to that uh, a little bit more in uh, a few moments. It's always exciting for me, um, and for you as a baseball fan, opening day, no matter what the prospects are, for your team and uh, for the Rockies specifically. Ain't a whole lot of people out there predicting great things for Colorado. They seem to be in transition. And uh, again, we'll touch more on that in a little bit when we uh, visit with uh, Buddy Black and talk about his uh, 2023 team. But overall, as a lover of the sport of baseball, Opening day is awesome, and optimism always abounds for most when it comes to the beginning of the season, and it's good to see the games played for real. And there's momentum, I think, to this season, given the WBC and all the excitement worldwide and the numbers worldwide for people that took in the WBC games. It just shows you that it is now a global game. It's been a global game, but it's starting to be played in other places of the world in addition to North America and Latin America uh, and the Far East. And uh, that's a great thing. And so, again, hopefully uh, baseball can take the momentum of the WBC and have a, a terrific 2023. And uh, I was listening to Rob Manfred the other day, and this may catch some people by surprise, because I think anytime you're the commissioner of a sport, you wear a lightning rod for criticism. Any of the ills, any of the perceived ills within a sport always is laid at the feet of the commissioner, sometimes uh, accurately and justifiably, and other times maybe not so much. I'm going to start here, and again, this one may catch some people by surprise, but I think years from now, when Rob Manfred is on a golf course uh, somewhere, and people talk about his legacy, as they often do uh, with a commissioner of a sport, I think Rob Manfred's legacy, though tarnished at times by how long it took them to come to an agreement during the COVID year of 2020 and 60 games and how that played out and how 
it took to pass the 11th hour, pass the stroke of midnight to get on the field in 2022, and the continuing antipathy, it seems, between the owners and the Players Association, and the guy who's always in the middle of that is the commissioner. I think Rob Manfred's tenure will get a significant amount of kudos in that the game was able to evolve because of the pitch clock and because of some of the rules that are going to be implemented in 2023, which I think we'll, we will look back upon and say this was a not only a good thing, but perhaps a great thing for baseball. As we speak today, spring training games in comparison to regular season games a year ago were 26 minutes shorter. The action, the same. Hopefully it grows a little bit as well um, with some of the other rule changes. But the game needed to be tightened up. Nobody misses some guy tightening his batting gloves for the umpteenth time and, and taking a walk in between pitches. And the same thing for the pitchers that walked around the mound and picked up the rosin bag uh, numerous times. We're seeing guys get on the mound and we're seeing hitters basically staying in the box. And it's not just from a fan's perspective that this is better, and that's what you're hearing by and large. The players agree. Players don't want to be out there for three and a half hours. Heck, they're the ones playing the game night in and night out. And overall, the shorter games, the more expedient games, the quicker route to ball and play, this will be a good thing. And this will be something that when you look back at Rob Manfred's tenure, and it's always easy to find problems with any commissioner and issues with any commissioner and how they handled various things. This will be a feather in the cap of Rob Manfred because I think it is going to be a terrific thing for the sport. Baseball needed to move. And for those that argue, oh, well, this is a sport that famously is played without a clock. It's not a clock. As Rob Manfred said, it's like a stopwatch. It's like, okay, you got to deliver the baseball, and hitter, you have to be ready in this amount of time. But there's no buzzer that goes off after three hours and says the game's over. It's still played ultimately and decided by the players on the field, and there is no clock. Um, and, and again, what I saw during spring training, what I experienced during spring training, the game's better. You got to pay attention as a broadcaster. I mean, you got to be on some things. You can't wander off because uh, the game is being played at, at such a rapid pace right now. Um, the disengagement, I, I think they're adjusting quickly to the rubber. In other words, uh, you know, will we see more base stealing? I hope so. Stealing bases and seeing runners attempt to steal bases has been lost in this age of the three true uh, you know outcomes you know home run walk or strikeout and i think the more action on the bases and i think it will increase that's a good thing also um, and, and again basing it on watching spring training basing it on listening to the players that play the game listening to fans like all of you it's been positive and I also think the adjustment period, though the games now start for real, 
I think the fact that they implemented it from day one and, and they didn't kind of massage their way into it, that it was a hard and fast implementation of those rules. Like from day one in spring training, if you didn't deliver a pitch in 15 seconds when no one was on base, if the hitter wasn't engaged with the pitcher with eight seconds left on the clock, it was either a ball or a strike, depending on the infraction. And it wasn't like, hey, we'll give you a warning right now. I think it gave those players the better part of six weeks um, to adjust to it. And I don't think you will see numerous infractions here, even in the opening days of the season. So altogether, I think it's a positive. I really do. Uh, When it comes to the commissioner, uh, I would like to see a much stronger relationship. I think everybody would like to see a stronger relationship between the, the Players Association and the owners and to cultivate that over the coming years to understanding on both sides the economics of the game because there is a greater disparity between the haves and have-nots. One of the things that makes baseball unique is just because you spend more does not guarantee that you are going to win more. It gives you a better chance, one would think. But, you know, we haven't seen a repeat winner in baseball in forever. And every year we see teams like a Tampa that don't spend like the Yankees or the Dodgers or now the Mets or the Padres. And they're involved in the postseason. Until recently, we saw Oakland involved uh, in, in the postseason. We've seen mid-market teams do well. Even a few years ago, the Rockies, 17 and 18, mid-market team, or at least mid-revenue team, they were in the postseason. The Cardinals, more of a mid-revenue team, typically are involved. Um, so ba- baseball is different. But going forward, there has to be an understanding, um, especially when it comes to television. Television is getting redone. We know what's happening with the RSNs. We don't know how it ultimately will play out. But that's real dollars that owners are going to miss. And th- that's real revenue. And so going forward, even though it's a topic that's you know it's not fun to talk about you want to talk about games you want to talk about the players making great plays on the field hitting game winning home runs pitchers dominating um, those two groups have to come together and understand it's for the the betterment of the sport and it cannot always be a contentious relationship we'll talk more about that topic probably multiple times going forward Uh, over the years but you know that's what I'd like to see but overall the theme of what I was saying is these new rules I'm excited about I think it will make the game better and that and that's most important that's most important Um, you want to guarantee additional interest that it the next generation will actually sit there with you know the previous generation and watch games not just watch highlights and I and I think um, the expedience of the game will allow for more people who love the game, who may be 20, 18, 25, 30, say, hey, I'm, I'm going to get engaged. This thing's moving along at a nice clip. If you're at the game, though, man, you better you better get your beers a little quicker because the seventh inning's going to arrive a lot sooner. All right, let's talk about the Rockies uh, specifically. I'm excited. People say, what are you excited about? I'm always excited about baseball. I'm excited about the start of baseball. I also understand that the Rockies are in this uh, transitionary period. Uh, It is part of a rebuild. So what gets me excited? 
I'm excited about Ezekiel Tovar. I've watched him throughout the spring, and he's not the same guy who came up last year. He's moving a ton better. He's healthy. He was not 100% healthy. He had a, a hip flexor issue when he came up last year. But this is a kid. He keeps working on his body. He's solid, man. He's 21 years of age, and he's strong, and he's getting stronger. He's going to hit the ball out of the ballpark on occasion. He has a real idea at the plate, and defensively, he's good. And the Rockies have a very strong history of producing star-level shortstops. You know, even going back to Nafi Perez, Perez was really solid. He, was, he grew up a Rocky. Uh, he, he was nowhere near the talent Troy Tulowitzki, who the Rockies drafted out of Long Beach State. And Troy uh, had Hall of Fame talent and became one of the centerpieces of the, the 07 World Series team and the 09 team uh, that went to the postseason and won 92 games. Uh, he had Hall of Fame talent. Injuries um, took the opportunity down the road for him to be a Hall of Famer away, unfortunately. And then look who arrived next, Trevor Story, out of... Uh, a Dallas Metroplex High School. And he became a tremendous player. Well, the next guy who has a chance to be, and I know it's unfair to anoint him or, or put him in that class, and I'm not going to do that because it is unfair, but he has a chance to be special, and that's Ezekiel Tovar. So I'm excited about Ezekiel Tovar. I'm intrigued by... Elaris Montero. We saw him last year. We saw him have moments. But this is a big, strong guy that, if it clicks, could be a 25-plus home run guy. He's not going to make anyone forget Nolan Arenado or Ryan McMahon, for that matter, defensively at third. But he works. I think he can be serviceable defensively, but I'm really intrigued by the power potential of Montero, and I'm intrigued by watching him get 500-plus at-bats and know that he's going to be in the lineup most every day. I'm curious about the aforementioned Ryan McMahon, and here's why. Because we've seen McMahon play gold-glove caliber defense at both third and second, and he'll be at second most of the time this year. We've seen him hit 22 to 24 home runs, and we've talked incessantly about the great talent he has and the easy power he has. Now I'm intrigued and curious to see, can he take that next step offensively? Can he bump the average up, oh, 15 points, and bump the home run total from the low to mid-20s to 30? Not out of the question. I'm hopeful here on the eve of the start of the 2023 season to see Herman Marquez return to how we saw him perform in the first half of 2021 when he was an All-Star. And he got to appear in an All-Star game in Denver, no less. Love Herman. Love how competitive he is. Love his makeup. Love his talent. There are a few starting pitchers in baseball, and this is not... An embellishment. There are few starting pitchers in baseball that have better stuff than Hermann. I mean, he rolls out of bed throwing in the upper 90s. He has a plus-plus curveball. He has great makeup. It's just command of that fastball consistently. And last year, 
we'd see him dominant for four or five innings, and in the same start, he'd have that one inning, and it wasn't, you know, give up a home run, a solo home run. It seemed to be a four spot. And so the ERA at the end of the year was just a skosh under five. He's much better than that. He's driven to perform at the level, again, that we saw in the first half of 2021. So I'm hopeful that Herman can return to that, maybe even better what we saw in 2021. He had a great spring. For what that's worth, he had a great spring. I'm anticipating the arrival at some point this year of Zach Veen. He's one of the top prospects, not only for the Rockies, but throughout baseball. He's, you know, a firecracker, man. He, he's a wild horse, as I've described him on television on a couple of occasions. So I'm swinging 13 straight pitches over three games this spring training. Does he have to rein that in? Yes. Does he have power potential? Yes. Um, does he have the potential to steal a bunch of bases at the big league level? Yes. Um, he's got to... Uh, go to double-A and, and master Hartford in the Eastern League, and then he's not far away. So I'm anticipating his arrival, and there are several others um, that will come along in the not-too-distant future, and they will hopefully, fingers crossed, formulate a winning Rockies team in the not-too-distant future. We'll get into that uh, with Buddy here uh, momentarily. So when people ask me, hey, what gets you most excited about this season, um, it's that group and some others, and some others, quite honestly. And it's always fun to see how it unfolds, and some of the, the questions will be answered um, affirmatively, and there will be other questions where you go, oh boy, man, I was hoping this happened and it went the other direction. Because that sport, and that's in particular the sport of baseball. Uh, so that's what's on. Uh, on my mind on the eve of the start of the 2023 season and uh, I thought it appropriate we've kind of made this a an annual deal to start the year on the podcast with the manager the affable and the very well respected Buddy Black so here's Buddy on his 2023 Rockies All right, buddy, it's that time of uh, spring training. So I love spring training because I come and go. And so when I'm here, I'm like, I'm excited. But I see the long, I don't want to say long faces, but the guys that have been here like yourself for a couple of months, you all are ready, aren't you? Well, yeah, Drew, I think we all love spring training. There's, you know, such an excitement uh, leading up to it, right? So the first couple of days, you know, everybody's, you know, back in their element. You're excited to see guys you haven't seen uh, all winter, uh, minor league staff, players. Uh, obviously, I see a number of the guys during the course of the winter, our executives, a lot of our coaches, but <clears throat> everybody who's here, which is a, a big group, uh, it's great to have everybody back. And you see the you see uh, the smiling faces and the excitement. And then as, as spring goes on, obviously there's work to be done, and there's a process that you have to go through each and every day to get ready for the season. Uh, and, and for me, you know, that's part of what, uh, you know, makes this whole journey from February to October fun is the, is the process of everything in between, uh, February and October. And spring train is a big part of that. It's, you know, it's, you're in a, uh, in a great weather environment. 
for the most part, even though this 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 spring's been different than than most here in Arizona, which is crazy. But uh, you know, the sun's out. You're on a baseball field. You hear the crack of the bat, the ball in the glove, all that stuff. It, it's such good stuff. And but after six weeks, uh, you know, there's another sense of excitement because opening day is right around the corner, and obviously that's where we are now. Yeah, it's interesting because the routine for those who are uninitiated, if you will, the routine in a couple of days is dramatically different than what you all have been through the last six weeks, even game times. I mean, you play a couple of night games during spring training, but everything gets thrown askew. Yeah, you're right. And the and the intensity picks up uh, tenfold, right? I think that, uh, you know, you, you, you're up at you know, five thirty-six in the morning. Uh, you know, for six weeks, basically, right, to get ready, and then you're you're exactly right. The, the changes because then you have night games. Uh, you know, predominantly when you when you start the season. But the what's you know what drastically changes is the the mindset of the of the player from you know that switch from uh, exhibition games to games that count. And ultimately, we all know that come Thursday. That game counts where, you know, spring training games are for most of our major league players, you know, a time to get ready to play the regular season. There's obviously some players that, you know, there's a test through spring training to to prove your medal, to prove that you're a major league player or in the process of becoming a major league player where, you know, those games are important for uh, for those players to show what they're made of. But it, it's, a, it's a drastic change once you get to opening day. To your point about the game intensity changing uh, tenfold, I, I just want a clarification. So say next Monday or Tuesday in L.A., if it's a 4-4 with the Dodgers after 9, you won't wave your hand at your buddy Dave Roberts and say, hey, we're good. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> you, don't, you, you, do, you will not do that. And, you know, and, you know the, that, how you use your pitching in spring training and how you – uh, you know, use your lineup, and if, as you know, Drew, the the back end of most games in spring training are covered by minor league players, as far down as uh, low A ball, right? And some, you know, we've had some eighteen and nineteen year olds play in in, in exhibition games uh, here, uh, and it's a great uh, experience for those young players. So, uh, you know, we've had a couple guys go nine innings. Uh, but for the most part, you know, our play, our guys are playing, you know, by the end of spring training, six, seven innings. Uh, but that goes with all the work prior to the game, too. So uh, they're they're getting their work in for sure. Uh, but you know, it, it it's it's a uh, the the switch is different come Thursday. Specific to the twenty twenty three Rockies. Of things that you can control, and certainly you, you couldn't control the, the the devastating injuries to you know Gilbreth with the with the elbow and and Brendan Rogers and and Sean Bouchard. But what you could control, objectives going into spring, and now here as you exit Scottsdale, what was accomplished? What was on that hit list? Well, there was a lot, Drew. There's not, there, I mean, there's a lot uh, that we wanted to to accomplish. Uh, you know, individually with a lot of different players, I'll hit on a couple of them. Uh, you know, looking at the pitching, uh, Gomber, uh, there was a, a pitch mix uh, component uh, that we wanted to, 
you know, really stress with, with Austin. And we talked about this last uh, September when the season uh, came to a conclusion. Uh, Feltner, there were some delivery issues uh, that we wanted to address through the winter and into spring training. And again, part of his arsenal. Uh, Urena, uh, heavy emphasis on, on a changeup and his breaking ball uh, this spring. Uh, you know, Marquez, it was more about, you know, the location of the fastball, maybe more at the top of the strike zone uh, than than uh, than previous years. Uh, on the position player side, you know, we had to we had the the shortstop, the young shortstop Tovar, uh, giving him a long look, uh, make sure that he was ready, and I think he's proven uh, to us that he's ready. Uh, we'll see when the season starts, but we feel confident about him. Uh, you know, spring training shifted a little bit when Rogers got hurt. To your point, to uh, Montero at third base, maybe giving him a a real opportunity to grasp being an everyday player uh, and moving Mac to second, which we thought would be a, a seamless move. Uh, you know, getting uh, getting Grichik through spring training, even in, even though he won't be active, but rehabbing him to get ready. Uh, you know, not much with Daza, uh, not much with Charlie, not much with Crone. Uh, you know, KB. You know, uh, Bryant had a had a good off season, and just you know, continuing that that work uh, in the weight room, in the training room, and on the baseball field to get KB in a good spot. So, uh, you know, collectively, when you, it's about the players. So there were there were individual things for each player that we had to you know, really focus on. And I think the guys did a good job. In your many years as a manager, your many years in, in development, did you take maybe a longer look at, at, if you will, the next generation of guys that you hope impact the big league roster this particular spring, knowing that there's some exciting elements in the farm system and, and you're kind of in a transitionary period, if I, if I may? Yeah, uh, you know, we've we've talked about that behind closed doors and I know that Billy has publicly stated uh that you know looking at 2024 2025 when some of the draft picks of you know the last couple of years are uh are closer to Denver and really banging on the door uh and and being you know our roster and we have and we looked at a lot of those guys this spring uh Zach Veen Brenton Doyle, uh, you've seen a little bit of Jordan Beck, Sterling Thompson, uh, Gabriel Hughes, you know, through a game for us, Jaden Hill. Uh, you know, these are names that you're going to see uh, in the coming years. Uh, Julio Carreras, the young shortstop, uh, who will be in Double A, is a you know good good looking young player. Warming Bernabel uh, will be a double-A third baseman that a lot of people are talking about. So, you know, these are the group of guys that, you know, we we took a long look at in spring and we'll continue to watch, you know, uh, as the, as their season unfolds. But, you know, those are, uh, you know, those are the guys who are going to transition into Rocky uniforms in the big league level from, you know, the guys you're seeing, you know, on the present roster. The rule changes, it, it received a great deal of attention, understandably, to everybody in baseball. As you saw it implemented, again, in spring training games, 
What are the what are the couple of things that that you took away? You're a deep thinker as to how you can potentially manipulate it, whether it's on the defensive side with with your pitchers or offensively to take advantage of these new rules. Well, uh, again, we've all. Uh, you know, sort of dissected them, and I've talked to other managers and coaches, and you know, there's there's really not a lot of trade secrets that are uh, that are out there uh, that somebody's going to surprise another team with. But you know, in general, uh, I think the these these rule changes are are a positive. The pitch clock is, uh, I think, going to be a, a good thing for the game. The tempo of the game is really going to speed up in between pitches. Uh, you know, the, the disengagement rule on throwers to first base, whether just stepping off the rubber or making a, a pickoff attempt to first, I mean, that is something that uh, hasn't been talked about a lot, but, you know, that's going to be impactful. Uh, in the pace of play, and it should increase the stolen base attempts. We're not a team that's heavily reliant on speed like other clubs, uh, but you know some teams are, are built that way to to take advantage of the of, of the of the two throw over rule basically, and the four and a half inches uh, you know closer between bases. Uh, it just accents the fact that pitchers have to be a little bit more quicker to the plate. Uh, they have to have good, strong moves to first base when they do throw over, and an emphasis back on a you know a good throwing catcher, you know catchers who can throw. I think in spring training we've seen both from our scouts in Florida and here that if, if you have a, a catching tandem that is uh, not uh, you know not built around a good arm or good throwers, uh, I think it's going to be exposed a little bit. Can you take a guy, and uh, the first guy that pops into mind, because you don't have a, you're not the Cardinals of the 80s, right? But can you take a guy like a Ryan McMahon, who we saw in the second half, and, and Ryan, sure. uh, you know, in, in the scouting vernacular, is probably, uh, you know, solid average underway. Not a burner, but, you know, he's not a base clogger. You saw him take advantage of some uh, opportunities to steal bases second half last year. Can that ilk of player, um, even a Daza, who's not a burner, maybe get double-digit bags with these new rules. I think so. I think so. Again, it's 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 based on really uh, a lot of it is the pitcher catcher combination. If you have a pitcher who's quick to the plate, it's going to be tough, right? But if he's in that one three five one four range, uh, and we and, and we've worked a lot on our leads this spring, uh, you know, to be able to. Uh, entice throwovers to first base so we can get that you know those disengagements uh, underway. But uh, you're you're right, Drew. I mean, McMahon, Grichik, Daza, uh, Tovar. Uh, you know those guys can take advantage of that. Even Chris, to a certain extent, you know he has some ability to uh, instinctively to steal bases, but. Uh, you know, we'll look at that, you know, to, to help our offense, too. More with Drew and Rocky skipper Buddy Black right after this. Spring is right around the corner. Actually, it's officially spring right now, though I know we're going to have some more cold weather and, of course, a couple of uh, spring snowstorms as well. But nobody gets you prepared for spring 
and your garden, your backyard, your front yard like steel, S-T-I-H-L. Go to SteelUSA.com and check out all of their wonderful products. I'm a battery guy, and uh, all of their products made in the USA um, run on battery. They do have uh, electric, if that's your thing. They have gas also. But uh, I'm a battery guy, and you know what? It's time to go get your trimmers, your pruners, your edgers, your sprayers, and get ready to get that garden planted, get that uh, property of yours looking in tip-top shape as we roll into the uh, warm temperatures. Steel USA or Steel Dealers right around your corner. That's Steel S-T-I-H-L. Hey, hey, you know how much I love my Boyer's Coffee. Brewed in the great state of Colorado since 1965. I've said this often. If you haven't tried Boyer's, if it's not a regular staple of your morning, you're missing out. You're missing out big time. Go to boyerscoffee.com. Have your favorite coffee, and it will become your favorite if it's not already, shipped to your house. I do it. Every few weeks, I'm a K-Cup guy. So many great flavors, you know. Hope everybody had a great St. Patty's Day. They had Irish cream out. Wonderful uh, brew there. Aspen Gold, that's a staple. Uh, breakfast blend, coconut cream. How about uh, these Colorado favorites as well? Maroon Peak and Mount Elbert. It's simply terrific coffee. I've been uh, talking about Boyer's Coffee for years and years. Go to boyerscoffee.com and get yours today. Now back to Drew and Bud. On the mound, because the, the, the sport will never change. We can talk about all these rule changes, and, and it's close to you because that's what you did for so long. Where are you with your rotation? Where are you with your depth right now as you look at the Rockies in 2023 and you peek ahead? Well, out of the out of the shoot here, uh, Herman uh, will is going to pitch the home opener, as you know. Uh, Kyle Freeland, Jose Urena, Austin Gomer, Ryan Feltner. I mean, those are our five uh, our five starters. Uh, you know, probably about three weeks to a month away will be Sensatella coming back. So there's you know to your point about depth uh, in AAA. You know, we'll have some guys that uh, you know are, are coming on. Uh, you know, as guys that we think can uh, provide depth and 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 not be that far off from potential major league starters, we saw a little bit of Noah Davis last year in the big leagues. Carl Kaufman, uh, who was a high pick a few years ago, he'll be in Triple A. Uh, Jeff Criswell, uh, who we acquired from Oakland in a trade, will be in the Triple A rotation. Uh, you know, those guys, you know, are are younger mid twenties pitchers with good stuff. Uh, they got to get acclimated to altitude in Albuquerque, which is, you know, something that our pitchers have to get accustomed to because they're going to end up being in Denver starting. Uh, so there's a, you know, there's a stepping stone there for them and an educational process that they have to go through. Uh, but again, uh, those five guys that I named plus, plus Sensatella, uh, they have to make their starts. You know, we we got to avoid injury, and we've been pretty fortunate the last couple of years of no major blows to our starters. Uh, I'm knocking on wood, Drew, because you know our, the depth is a little bit young and and unproven. So, uh, but you know, those guys, 
that are that are in a rotation now have have quality stuff, quality, uh, you know, in their own way, uh, you know, pitchability, and we need those guys to shine. I mean, for us to 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 contend, it starts for me with consistent starting pitching. You touched on this quite a bit last year, and it was a departure from your teams. It was a departure really from historic teams with the Rockies because even in seasons where the Rockies lost you know, far more than they won, they always played good defense. Last year, the Rockies as a whole did not play good defense. What gives you um, hope that this year or confidence this year will be different with the gloves? Yeah, that was disappointing uh, for sure last year because you know, I think the Rockies organization for – uh, its existence uh, has realized because of the ballpark, uh, the spaciousness, and the uh, you know the the run prevention component is so big that they've placed a lot of emphasis on on team defense. Uh, you know, last year if you if you look at uh, individually, which individuals comprise the team defense, uh, we had a few guys that. Uh, I think got off to a tough start defensively and it affected them, you know, early a combination with their hitting and their defense. Uh, so, you know, those experiences and learning from last year, I think will help this year. So that gives me the confidence year older, assessing what happened, why it happened, uh, you know, gives me a confidence that we can, you know, become a, a steady, solid defensive team. What we have are guys with good hands and good arms. Do we have wide-ranging range? Probably not, Drew. I mean, we, uh, if you look at our overall team speed on defense, probably not not, uh, as good as others, uh, with the exception of, I think, Mack is a really good defender with range. (coughs) We'll see on Tovar. I think he's got some range. You know, beyond that, and even the outfield, we just need steadiness and sure-handedness. We got to catch the ball, throw it to the right base. Uh, something that we've stressed this year. There was too many lapses last year of just the bobble. Uh, you know, the uncharacteristic, uh, uh, you know, lack of focus play, and uh, and that's something we finally stressed this spring. So uh, we'll see, but I'm 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 much more confident in our team defense. The ability to make the routine play, throw the ball to the right base, fundamental sound defense on making plays that you know a major league team should should make. You love sports. Have you ever have you ever taken the time? I'm sure you have to juxtapose you as the leader of a baseball, a major league baseball team, versus your counterparts at the or an NFL head coach or an NBA head coach or or an NHL head coach, and say, okay. Here, there are subtle differences, and then there are dramatic differences. Do you, do you take the time to do that ever, you know, and, and what, uh, what do you come up with? I think about it for sure, uh, and you know, I've talked to other head coaches and coaches in other sports. I think, uh, you know, there are there are a lot of differences in a lot of ways, but it uh, and there's a lot of similarities. I mean, I know baseball because I've played it my whole life, and you know, I've 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 coached for you know over. 30 years now uh what i can say is that <clears throat> you know a locker room is still a locker room and 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 talking with athletes the messaging is a, is is similar in a in a lot of ways 
granted, we play 162 of these games where in the NFL they play 18 now or 17. So uh, uh, it's, it's a little different emotionally. Uh, but, you know, athletes are athletes, and they're, they're wired very similar. So a lot of the one-on-one conversations that coaches have with players are probably very similar across the, across the board. Um, you know, team meetings, that's probably quite a bit different, uh, a football team meeting as opposed to a baseball team meeting. Uh, you know, those are because the sport is different and, and, and the emotion is a little bit different. But, you know, the, the football scenario and, uh, again, the, the complexity, I mean, from the outside looking in, it, it seems complex. But you probably uh, – and I talk to football coaches, and they say it's it's not really as complex as it seems. Uh, so that you know that surprises me a little bit, but uh, but I but I you know it's interesting to talk to other coaches because it's you know it's about leadership and it's about a lot of things you know caring about your players and the empathy and uh, you know the the personal connection you know that that still that rings true in all professional sports do you find because baseball is so difficult and and I, I hate this term that is so common in our sport uh, uh there's so much failure i i prefer there's a lot of disappointment is another way of articulating that but because of that um you can't you know you your your dad was a hockey player you know what if you turn the puck over you can go check somebody you can do something physically almost immediately to get the bad out of your mind Baseball doesn't work that way. Do you find yourself like I'm a psychologist uh, a good portion of yeah. the time? Well, yeah, because in our sport, it's you know it's it's a series of you know individual battles per se. You know, pitcher hitter, uh, you against the ball. Uh, you know, fielding the ground ball. I mean, you're. I mean, it's it's sort of a one on one. It's a it's a one on one challenge all the time. And it's it's every day, and it's uh, often, and you know if you get into a little bit of a rut, I mean it it becomes really psychological. So I find myself you know you know drawing back from my years as a player and in conversation and, and when I coach, uh, when I talk to players about you know being in their shoes, uh, and that you know and for me that's you know it's helped me it's helped my coaching. I think you know for my players too. I think they. You know, they because I've been in their shoes, they can. You know, it's relatable for me, even though we're there's an age gap. But, uh, but it's hard. I mean, it's hard in a lot of ways. But uh, the the psychological component of of our sport, I think, is is I I think different than other sports, right? I think it's different than football. I think it's different than basketball. Uh, <clears throat> I think golf maybe might be a little bit closer. Because you're you're you know you're hitting you know shots after shots and if it goes sideways, uh, you know it it's a lot, it's a lot like a hitter who's in a slump. I mean golfers get in slumps. I don't know whether uh, you know offensive linemen get in slumps or free safeties get in slumps. Uh, I think on the you know basketball maybe a shooter gets in a shooting slump for sure. So maybe there's something there, but. Uh, you know the the mental the mental side of this and the mental skills uh, part of our game is 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 probably more prevalent than ever. 
Friday, uh, I will leave you with this. Uh, next Monday, will you petition the Dodgers? Should the San Diego State University Aztecs be in the national championship game? It is an evening affair. Will you petition them to move the game to say late morning? Yeah, wouldn't that be something if we could <laughs> we could get that to happen, Drew? But uh, you know, it's uh, you know for those of us who uh, are now experienced this, right? Uh, alumni of a team that's going to the final four i mean there's across the across this clubhouse right there's there's guys who've had their alumni or, or teams go to the final four for me this is a first alan trejo uh our you know one of our players went to san diego state so this is really good stuff for us and i think you you know growing up uh you know back east and now a colorado native in the mountain west uh it's the representation of of san diego state is a is a good one for all of us. So it, it we're, is, we're excited. It, it is a good one. And uh, good luck to your Aztecs. Good luck to your Rockies. Thanks, Drew. Yeah, Buddy's fired up about his San Diego State Aztecs. And so let me quickly tell you that I'm fired up about his San Diego State Aztecs because I did the Mountain West for a number of years. In fact, going way back, was involved with, with Mountain West uh Football and basketball, and even the precursor, even though they're around, the the WAC, which comprised a lot of current Mountain West teams, it's it's different today. So, done countless games with San Diego State and the old Sports Arena downtown, the old Murph, which no longer exists, Jack Murphy Stadium, where they played football. I remember calling some of Marshall Fox games uh, there. So I'm all in on San Diego State, man. Uh, I'm all in and, and hope that they can. Uh, they only have to win two games now, and they're right there. I mean, who had who had San Diego State and Florida Atlantic? Are you kidding me? Um, so uh, I'm with Buddy, and, and it is uh, exciting times with the Final Four uh, days away. And the fact that it's not just a bunch of blue bloods, maybe outside of UConn's participation in this year's uh, Final Four. So good luck to uh, Buddy Black and Alan Trejo, San Diego State Aztecs. Back to baseball and the uh, NL West. Some quick thoughts on the NL West before we get on out of here. I'm a big believer that this is, you know, San Diego's year. Uh, to, that, that the division goes through the Padres, not the Dodgers, for the first time in more than a decade. And it's not to dismiss the talents of the Dodgers. But the Dodgers seem to be a little bit lesser. And I think even lesser than some prognosticators have them. Because, you know, there, I, I read a lot of folks and, and a lot of kind of algorithm the algorithms that still have the the Dodgers winning in the upper 90s in games and that they're the team to beat um, but I think it's the Padres I think their lineup is as good certainly when they get to teach back as any in baseball I think they have greater depth uh, on the mound among starting pitching than the Dodgers do you know Joe Joe Musgrove I know you know dropped a, a weight on his on his toe, and you know he'll be back shortly. Um, I, I think this is a really good team. You have you Darvish, you have Blake Snell. Blake Snell pitched very, very well in the second half after you know so-so first half last year uh, with the Padres. Uh, so I think I think the division goes through San Diego. The Dodgers again. I'm 
I'm not being dismissive of them. They'll still be uh, they'll still be formidable. Um, the Giants are the Giants. Arizona has a lot of good young talent. And we'll see where, where the Rockies fall in a very competitive division. Let me uh, relay a thought to you, a conversation I had with Terry Francona when the Rockies were playing the uh, Cleveland Guardians late in spring training. And the Guardians won the division last year in the American League Central. They won 92 games. Terry Francona, a year earlier, late in spring training, told me, he said, I think we're going to be, you know, <laughs> we're really going to struggle. That was his assessment of his Guardians team. They didn't struggle, man. They ran well. They played very good defense. They're they're not a, you know, a powerful team, but you know, they they had uh you know, a really good rotation and they ended up winning 92 games and they won the division. But he was quick to point out this year when I was teasing him about his appraisal of his team from 12 months earlier. He said, "You know what? We we were fun. We played the game well um, and did a lot of the little things." He said, but if we, talking about his Cleveland Guardians, were in your, talking about the Rockies division, he said, we wouldn't have come close to winning 92 games. You know, they had the luxury of playing the Royals and playing the Tigers and playing a a disappointing Chicago White Sox team. Minnesota was solid. Um, And he said, we're not winning 92 games in that division. And the same thing could be said if they were in, in the American League East. Um, so the the NL West is a bear, um, but perhaps a good thing for the Rockies specifically is that as opposed to pay, playing 19 games against the vaunted Dodgers and the very talented Padres and the typically talented Giants and the Arizona Diamondbacks, you're only playing them 13 times each. And I think it's going to be fun for fans to see your team play every team in baseball. And so you get an opportunity to see to see Shohei Otani in Denver and Mike Trout in Denver again. And the Yankees and Aaron Judge, they're coming to town. And you can watch on the tube when the when the Rockies are in Boston and Fenway Park. I think it's really good for baseball, this change. And specifically to the Rockies, it's a good thing that you're going to play twenty-four less games inside your own division. It gives you an opportunity, uh, hopefully, to produce some more victories um, than having a, to match up so many times with the Dodgers and, and the Padres, most notably. So there you go. There's our uh, final installment of the Drew Goodman podcast in front of games for real in the Major League season of 2023. I'm excited. I love the sport. Uh, I, I would love to see the Rockies surprise naturally like uh, most of you who listen to this podcast. We'll see how it plays out because ultimately the game is not played on paper. you got to play it out. And um, I can't wait to see the exploits of, uh, of all the uh, teams we mentioned and the season to get going for real. There's momentum, and I think the changes, uh, as we touched on earlier, will be a great thing. Not just a good thing, but will be a great thing for baseball and um, how it is consumed and uh, we've gotten rid of a lot of the um, kind of the the slowness if you will i really think it's going to uh, be a wonderful thing for the sport so listen we'll do it again in seven days enjoy opening day enjoy the games being played for real and uh, have a safe and super week everybody talk to you soon